Hey, coffee people, Joel here. Welcome back to the Craft Your Own Coffee podcast. This podcast is for you if you're a home coffee lover like me and you want to learn how to make and drink better coffee at home. Coming at you today from a special location, this is Bellwood Coffee in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm sitting here with my buddy Joel Norman. Hey, Joel. Hey, how's it going, Joel? Good, man. I got to say, your, your parents must have loved you a lot to give you such an awesome name. It's right back at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to be named Joel to be on this podcast, or Katie, <laughs> actually. Um, but Joel, happy to have you here. Joel is the co-founder of Bellwood Coffee with his brother Charles, That's right? correct, yeah. So glad to be here. Yeah, man. And you guys have been open for how long now? We've been roasting coffee uh, just over a year now, actually. September of last year, we roasted our first batch. Um, the inaugural batch and we opened this little uh, pop-up cafe in January so we've been here for about nine months now just going on congratulations thank you that's awesome very exciting so uh, you might hear some background noise as Joel and I shoot the breeze here and talk through some stuff we are sitting in their cafe so they are uh, a pop-up style location. I don't know if you call it a pop-up location. Yeah, we so we actually built this little cart thinking we would be taking it to a bunch of different spots and we ended up landing in this restaurant, um, Jim Adams Farm and Table, and it just seemed to work out really well that we could be here six days a week in the morning uh, through the early afternoon and so we kind of planted it here. It's still on wheels and we occasionally will take it out for weddings or events or whatnot, but um, but yeah, it's, it's technically a pop-up but we just kind of call it home now. I got to tell you, Joel, my, this, you guys are like my neighborhood coffee shop. We, uh, Atlanta, if you're not from Atlanta, which I know a lot of you are not, Atlanta is surrounded by a road called 285, which creates like a perimeter around the city. So Bellwood and Joel and Charles and company are about a mile inside the perimeter on the northwest side of Atlanta, which yeah. is close to where Katie and I live. And we've been here several times. We brought our kids here. You guys do an awesome job with community involvement and events and there's an event that you guys are doing next week that I'm really bummed yeah. that uh, Katie and I are going to miss. What is it? The Tell office, us about we're it. doing uh, the office trivia, yes. which we did Harry Potter trivia last month. And so I got to tell you, I would crush office trivia if I were here. So if you're coming to that event, which you should at Bellwood next week, what day is it? It's Wednesday of next week. So that would be, I guess, the Wednesday after this comes out, right? Correct. So this will be this Wednesday. Two days from now, days if you're from listening. Now, listening when this comes out um, at 7 p.m. Signups are between 6 and 7. Starts at 7. Will someone still be able to sign up if they're listening to this right absolutely. now? Absolutely. Absolutely. For two days from now? Absolutely. Sick. Well, you're welcome for me not being there because I'm pretty sure I would win. <laughs> I know everything about the office. <laughs> you're super creative. Your brother Charles, is he like the mad scientist he of drinks? De- yeah, he is. He, um, I actually thought coming into Bellwood that I would be the one creating all the drinks. Um, I love cooking. I love messing with food and uh, flavors. And Charles just kind of came in and made it his own. And every drink he's ever made has been better than any drink I've ever made. As far as like uh, coffee mocktails or concoctions or or uh, seasonal beverages. So I just kind of let him take that over, and he's done a really good job. It's so awesome. A couple that you guys, if you you need to, you need to come try them out first of all. If you live in, in the Atlanta area or if you're visiting them, I've had something called the Gardener. Mm. I've had a drink called Son of a Beach or Son of the Beach. Son of a Beach. A yeah. Beach, yeah. Makes more sense that way. <laughs> um, so um, tell me about Son of the, Son of a Beach. Yeah, so it's a um, it's actually a, it's a latte type of drink. It's iced. It has oat milk. Um, it has espresso, which we're using the reservoir on espresso right now. 
uh, and then it has a um, an orange oleosacrum, which is uh, it's a type of syrup that you get when you we rub brown sugar on orange peels and you leave it soaking overnight, and it actually pulls all the oils out of the peel. Um, it's used a lot in cocktails, oleosacrums. You can do it with any citrus fruit, um, but basically. It will just sit overnight and just pull the oil out, and you don't get any of the orange juice. You just get this orangey oil flavor that mixes with this brown sugar, makes a really sweet concoction. And then we mix that with cardamom, oat milk, and espresso, and it's a it's a nice. Sipper. That's amazing. I knew it tasted good. I didn't know all that yeah, went into it. It's good stuff. Man, way to go. That's so awesome. Everything I've had here has been incredible, including this americano that I'm sipping on right Thank now. You, you guys do a really that. great job. Thanks a lot. Um, so today's episode um, and. Just a fair warning, I think we're probably going to split this into two episodes because I, I kind of enjoy sitting here talking with Joel and we'll probably go longer than 15 minutes. And you guys sent in some really good questions. And so we'll probably split this into two. But while we're talking here today, um, this is a Q&A episode. And as you guys remember, if you've been listening to the podcast, I am a home coffee enthusiast and lover like you guys are. I'm not a coffee professional. And um, I've never actually even worked in a coffee shop or in the coffee industry. It's just like a hobby and a love and a passion of mine. And some of the questions you guys have have uh, lobbed in and things you've told me that you want to hear about on the podcast are actually like beyond my expertise, and um, which is cool because then I get to meet a new friend like Joel. You and I are still getting to know each other a little bit and building a friendship, um, but he is a wealth of information and knowledge. And or at least that's what your brother told me. <laughs> Did he say that? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, we will see. We'll listen back to this one. Find <laughs> yeah, out. that's right. Uh, but that's what the show's about today. So, um, but before we jump into some questions, um, Joel, can you tell me a little bit about your coffee story? So, like, when did you learn you liked to drink coffee? And then maybe even, like, when did you feel like your love of coffee went from I like to drink it to I think this is what I want my profession and my career and my journey to look like is in coffee. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I knew I didn't like coffee when I was a kid and my mom would drink it and uh, she would have me sip it every once in a while and I just, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand the smell uh, of the coffee or the taste or anything like that. It was just this bitter, gross drink. Um, and a lot of that was, was the coffee she was drinking, I think. Um, but in high school, uh, we had a shop nearby where we lived, and we ended up going there all the time. Um, they hosted trivia events, and we loved playing trivia. And that, those kind of those worlds kind of meshed, and we just ended up drinking coffee all the time. I had my first cappuccino there. I had my first latte there, um, and it was just this world that we could kind of go and uh, we could drink coffee, and we could stay at this place as long as we wanted, and no one was going to tell us to leave. Which I think is something you get differently in a coffee shop than you do with any other business so yeah. a restaurant you know you're there for an hour and you want to leave but with a coffee shop it was it was a place where we could just go and hang for hours if we wanted to um so that was kind of how we got into drinking coffee and into loving the culture and then when charles and i were in college we just threw out the idea of of running a shop of having our own and um it was a pipe dream back then i think i didn't actually expect it to happen I wanted to pursue music as a career and as any other musician knows that's um, not very possible uh, for most people uh, so as the years went on as I graduated college and a couple years afterwards it just seemed like this was something that we could pursue that actually was attainable uh, and we both just love we loved the the barista world and um, I guess I'll share a little bit about where I started I 
jumped in with a coffee company called Coppercoin. Uh, they had opened a location in Brookhaven, which is northeast Atlanta, and it was a counterculture account. And so I actually got to learn from um, some of the best in the in the industry with counterculture. And who, for those that don't know, who's counterculture? So counterculture is based out of Raleigh Durham area in North Carolina, and they have been around since I believe '93. Uh, and they've been roasting coffee really well for a really long time. So they're one of the pioneers, you'd say, of I'd like say, high-end coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say, I think there's, people talk about the big four, the big three. They're up there with Intelligentsia and Stumptown. Um, and they're just, they're crushing it. They're doing a really good job. Cool. So I learned from them and quickly left Coppercoin to go to Chattahoochee Coffee Company, which I loved very much. Um, I think the, the staff culture there um, was incredible and we learned uh, kind of how to do customer service the right way, how to remember people's names, remember people's drinks, and really just create a coffee community there while still being a counterculture account and being able to just keep diving farther and farther into coffee as a science and coffee as um, a beverage as well. So I was there for three years, and uh, during those last couple of years, Charles and I realized we're about as far as we can get in the barista world, and we wanted to see if we could make it happen on our own. So we. Started Bellwood. Uh, we both still worked for Chattahoochee for the first few months of working for Bellwood, and um, we found this guy Ben, who had been studying coffee economy at Emory during this fellowship, and really wanting to make a difference in the way we buy coffee, and um, following a lot of the trends that actually counterculture sets with transparency models and making sure that people aren't getting screwed over, making sure people are getting paid what their coffee's worth and still buying really good coffees. Um, so we got Ben on the team and he's actually our head roaster. Uh, he's teaching me the roasting trade right now. Awesome. And then we, my, my friend Tommy, who is an incredible designer, did all of our branding and is, is part of the team as well. So the four of us just kind of sat down and, and tried to make it happen and here we are. Man, later. I love that. And I saw on your website you guys are focused on making a difference in the lives of the people that you serve and the people that work for Bellwood. I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I love that idea of impact that is built into your mission statement. You want to talk a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, absolutely. We, Charles and I have seen a few too many times where the customer is um, maybe doesn't feel cool enough or feel like they fit at a coffee shop and we just hated that mm. and I think we felt it a few times um, in the industry and I think the industry is moving away from that and moving more towards accessibility and openness and um, being more welcoming and so we just kind of wanted to be at the forefront of that and really say that coffee's for everyone and that we have drinks that um, anyone anyone and their mom would love and um, if people want to learn more and dive farther into education that we'll, we'll take them there so but it starts with it starts with the neighborhood and it starts with community and being open to kind of letting people in and not having this um, this higher vision or this higher uh, picture of yourself yeah. and what you're doing <clears throat> you know speaking as a coffee lover but not a coffee expert I can I've been into some coffee shops before where especially as I was learning what the fancy Italian special drink uh, mm -hmm. terms were and my eyes kind of glaze over as I yeah. look at the menu and so um, I could see how that's intimidating right. it, it has been intimidating for me so for for uh, a business like yours to be welcoming and accommodating and I know there are a lot around the Atlanta area that are doing this really well too um, that make you feel welcome when you walk in. That's such a big deal because it is a little intimidating for the average coffee drinker. When we're used to, you know, the big chains that um, right. have a different language that makes it a little bit easier to follow and a little bit less, uh, 
less intimidating right, when you walk yeah. in. So I love what you guys are doing. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, excited. What are you most proud of so far, first, first year in? Um, honestly, proud that we're still running. I think that's yeah. every day it just kind of blows my mind that we're still here, still operating, and um, that we're still able to move forward. I think uh, I've seen Charles, my brother, do amazing things, and really as a company we've just – accomplished things that I, I didn't know that were, we were capable of as people and um, we've just had so much support. Um, I've had so much support from my team and our team has had so much support from the community and our families and our friends and uh, we just, it's, it's just amazes me that we're still able to do this. It's, it's a dream every day. Dude, so. awesome. Thank you. That's so great. All right, so can we jump into some questions? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so this, is, this one comes from me. Right. <laughs> I have questions too. Joel to Joel. Uh, yes, Joel on Joel. So you have this amazing coffee shop, top-of-the-line equipment. It produces, like, incredible drinks, one of which I'm sampling right now, and it's amazing. Um, so do you still make coffee at home? It's a great question. <laughs> it's one of the questions where I wish I could say every day I wake up before I go to work and I get up an hour early at 5 a.m. and brew my own pot of coffee and, and then I head to work. But... Um, I do still make coffee at home. I don't make it as frequently as I did before I was a, a shop owner. Um, I'd say I probably get to make two or three cups a week at home. Yeah. What's your preferred way to make coffee at home? At home, I love doing AeroPress. And I think that's because it's something I have never done in a shop. And so I try to, I try to separate those a little bit. Work nice. is work and home is home. And, you know, keeping my rituals different and my rhythms different is, uh, I think, pretty important. And so... Because I've never had someone formally teach me how to do an AeroPress, um, I've kind of had to figure that one out on my own. I love doing it, and regardless of if it's, it's just a different thing than doing a Kalita pour over or a French press or anything like that. And yeah. I've, I've really learned to, to love doing it. That's awesome. And we have an AeroPress at home too, and I'm still tinkering it with it myself. There's probably a lot, there's a lot you can do with an AeroPress. So many different ways. It seems. Isn't there like a national or world AeroPress competition there as well? Is, yeah, we actually at Chattahoochee, we hosted it a couple of years really? ago. Really? Yeah, uh, some huge names in coffee were there. Matt Perger and Jared Truby and Chris Baca were all there. Um, they're all well known in the coffee industry for what they're doing. Uh, and they were judging this competition, but the the different methods that people were using for within AeroPress were just it's mind-blowing how much uh, differentiation there is. With, That's cool. Between brews. So. That's something that would be maybe interesting to talk more about in another episode is this world of, like, coffee competitions. Because yeah. I know it's out there. It's fun. It seems pretty exciting. Yeah. The, actually, the guy that introduced me to specialty coffee when we lived in Southern California participated in a barista competition several years ago as well, which I know is a pretty big deal, worldwide yeah. deal as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's cool. All right, so... Um, this season, um, we're calling your home coffee routine plus one. So just this idea of like, how do you help someone at home upgrade whatever they're, however they're brewing, whether it's push the button on a Keurig or uh, use a Mr. Coffee to do a, drip, a pot of drip coffee or a pour over, like however you're brewing and enjoying your coffee at home, what's a way or a couple tips you could use to bring that one level up? And so we're primarily focusing on hot brewed coffee, not espresso, not cold brew this season. So, uh, love to hear, like, uh, what are some of your top tips for the average home coffee brewer, home coffee lover, to upgrade their abilities in brewing hot coffee? It's a great question. Um, I 
always kind of send people in the same direction. I usually start somewhere and then as people keep coming back in and keep asking, how do I make this better? Um, do I need to get closer to that? Yeah. Um, people keep asking me, how do I make this better? And I'll, I'll send them to another tip. But my first tip is always use a burr grinder and grind fresh. And I think you oh, talked good. about this on another episode, but I can't stress it enough. Cool. Uh, if you look at the the curve and the graphs of burr grinders versus blade grinders and how many particles of each size you have, um, and we're talking in, in microns or micrometers at this point, but you really want to get the most consistent grind possible. And if you're using a, a blade grinder and it's just chopping up particles of coffee, you can have a, just this crazy range and you won't have any more of one size than any other size. And um, Grind consistency is very important, and so a, a burr grinder, even if it's a less great burr grinder than the ones that we're using in the shop, is actually going to be, I think, your number one go-to. Um, and it's you may have to spend a little bit more than you would on a blade grinder, but I'd say if you're looking to improve your coffee at home and you're not using a burr grinder, absolutely, that's the go-to that's good. to start. And you guys have high-end equipment here at Bellwood, but um, is there a brand that you guys like or recommend that you've used i know i've I talked about how i use a barata encore at home what yeah, do you guys like we we're big barata people for okay. sure they're making i think other smaller companies are starting to make maybe a little bit cheaper burr grinders i know you can find some um some on amazon that are doing they'll do okay um barata i think is kind of the best for its buck so you you may pay i think you can get one for a hundred dollars refurbished from barata's website i think it's 150 new um, but that, that thing is just, it's a machine, it's a workhorse, it'll last you forever. Um, so I'd say if you can, go for Baratza. If not, find something like a little bit in a, a lower price range. But get a burr grinder. But get a burr grinder. So here's a question, because I shared this in a, a couple episodes ago, and this is like me not being a coffee expert, but just kind of using my using logic. But tell me if you agree or disagree. Better to use a blade grinder if you don't have if you don't have a burr grinder, but you have a blade grinder. Is it better to use a blade grinder or just to do pre-ground coffee? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, I will answer that with um, kind of a range here. So I would say grinding fresh is very important, and grinding consistently is very important. So you kind of have to trade off where either one of them lacks. And so if you're if you're going to grind your coffee and then you're not going to drink it for a month you've got a lot of issues because as soon as you expose all that surface area of the coffee grinds, those things are going to become stale a lot quickly, a lot more quickly than they will if they're whole beans. So I'd say if you're, if it's blade grinder versus burr grinder and then wait, I'd say you've got probably a week before it's going to be better to use a blade grinder. Okay. If that makes sense. So if you, if you buy a bag of coffee from a shop and you have a blade grinder at home, but you know you're going to finish that bag within the week, I'd say you have them grind it right there. Um, and if, if you're going to take two or three weeks to finish that bag of coffee, those that second and third week are just not going to be stellar if you've already ground the coffee. Boom. Love it. Thanks. Hey, hope you enjoyed part one of my conversation with Bellwood Coffee's Joel Norman. He's got some awesome stuff in store for us in part two. So join me back here next week. Enjoy your coffee this week.